Hello, 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 guys. Welcome to this new episode of Mind Makers uh, podcast. Uh, if you are on YouTube, hello uh, in person. If you are on SoundCloud, guys, um, please, you know, make sure. I mean, YouTube, I always say Now, this time, before I introduce my fellow panelists and the topics, I'm going to say, like this video, subscribe to us on YouTube, like the video on SoundCloud, and subscribe to our SoundCloud feed. We are getting uh, a lot of love, a lot of hits on our YouTube videos, but that needs to translate into more subscribers, guys. The more you like our video, the more you you know engage with it, the more um, the more impressions it will create. If you if you detest what we are saying or if you disagree with what we are saying, uspebi comment karo, reach out to us. We love to interact with people that we disagree with as well. But but we want to you know we want to reach more uh, more of y'all and let us know. Uh, what we are doing right and what we are doing wrong. But without further ado, this is um, Adit Kapadia and with me is Pramod Kumar Buravalli. Pramod, how are you doing? I'm good. I got really inspired and we did a lot of cleaning. I saw the handmaiden of Congress yesterday uh, doing so much of cleaning uh, that I got inspired. So Houston, maybe... There is this beautiful tweet um, uh, there where Priyanka Chopra... uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. (laughs) <laughs> Pardon my forepart. When Pramod said acting, it naturally goes to the 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 Priyanka Chopra, who's the bet the better actor amongst all the Priyankas that I uh, uh, we know. Uh, but 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 the other Miss Miss Gandhi or Priyanka Vadra Gandhi or however I don't know the order of her names that she said because Barkha that used to be particular in saying that. But anyways, she went. She was um, in a uh, the bus that takes you to the airport and instead of holding the handle, she was holding the railing or something. Or किसी ने caption में लिखा था tweet में that when Praful Patel is no longer the civil aviation minister dot 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 dot. I thought it was a very witty take and you know there were a lot of jokes being taken. Uh, uh, going, but we're going to talk about the political news of Punjab. We're going to yes. talk about the political news that is uh, coming out of UP. Uh, a lot of uh, uh, churnings happening in Chhattisgarh that the media doesn't seem to want to talk about. And we're also going to talk about a, a topic that Pramod and I have butted our heads many, many times over, but it finally has happened the sale of Air India. And, yes, and- absolutely. Yeah. I know when you said Praful, Praful Patel, you you definitely did intend to talk about that. Yeah. No, I, I, honestly, I was only wanting to talk about politics. But how can we not talk about Air India, yes. right? I mean, yes. it's we've 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 waited for this moment for a long time. So yes. here here it is. So let well we'll start. We'll leave the best for the last. The Air India discussion for the last. So let's let's get into let's get going into uh, this right. Um, the first, the news were dominated by, you know, the tragic events of Lakhimpur Keri. There is a lot of investigations that is going on and the police procedure. And I, I honestly don't want to comment on that because uh, it's all being investigated. And I hope the truth comes out and appropriate justice is done. And, you know, the, we know what exactly happened because the, right now there right. are so many versions of the events. And that is the reason. But what I really want to talk about, and we, I've tweeted about this, guys, uh, for the last couple of weeks. So do check out what whatever. What I really want to talk about is a political churning that seems to be happening all across India. And kind of strangely, I, I don't think it's a political churning happening on a national level in terms of BJP and Congress or something. But what is happening is the Congress's penchant to shoot itself in the foot everywhere. Or as um, when I was on Kushal's podcast, I said, they're shooting themselves in the foot. And then with whatever is remaining, they're jumping on an X2. Because in Punjab, they had Amrinder Singh, who I'm not going to say was the most popular leader. But 
at least he was holding the flock he was holding the flock yeah, and they would have given yeah. at least a good fight in 2022 now i don't know it's a free for all uh, then you have chatisgarh where mr bagel was in uttar pradesh um, uh, along with priyanka gandhi one day the other day he was doing some um, bhakti sangeet in a temple or something but his mlas seem to be doing uh, uh, sangeet somewhere else uh, i think a few of his mlas are in delhi uske baad there are issues in the gujarat congress which are not actually coming out in the open but within the gujarat congress post jignesh mewani's um, entry and uh, you know the whole debate around hardik patel what's going to happen we don't know and we have al- we have almost forgotten about goa where luziano uh, uh, joined the trinamool congress of all the parties because mamta banerjee's wave is sweeping goa also according i mean you know <laughs> uh, luziano falerio and uh, then you have rajasthan where sachin pilot only 7 7 8 months ago was leading a rebellion and no one knows what is going on so what how do you see the congress going tomorrow well it is clutching on the last straw this was this was the uh, unfinished episode of congress mukta bharat that took a back seat because of covid you know there was never mm-hmm. never an end to this crisis because they tried to deflect attention they wanted to see if there was any momentum that can be built against narendra modi politically which never happened then they wanted to find faults with the covid response which never happened then now with the farm laws again with the kind of trust people have in narendra modi although let me say that there is lot of things that can be done on the farm sector and you can find hundreds of faults with the bjp uh, in education and healthcare and in the farm laws but the the congress is not finding any issue that it can gain momentum on because of the incredible stupidity of rahul and uh, priyanka gandhi and the way they have completely instead of taking at least the few issues that they were getting they, i mean this is a very smart cunning prime minister who will not get, let any issue come to the table right but if you are genuine you can at least take some sort of issue and run your political uh, bandwagon but they have not been successful a second this never ending question of who is a, the president of the congress who is a working president who is a temporary president that is never being solved and this group of 23 has raised some valid questions in terms of what kind of leadership is rahul gandhi going to be presenting himself in the next 3 years is this a different rahul gandhi has he gone and done penance at some mountain hill that he's come back rejuvenated no it's the same same old same old so they are in this perennial crisis they are just refusing to give up because their their backers are refusing to give up yeah. you know this is incredible that they are given so many chances of failure this is uh, after failure right uh, who gets this many chances but they are lucky that their backers have immense faith that at least if not lower the tally of bjp they can at least tinker at some of the numbers you know and mm-hmm. and uh, some of survive for the long haul it's an impossible task with this kind of potential uh they i like i said so many issues there could be so many issues they uh, were very strong in punjab to be very honest with you because of the sad and bjp breakup and amadmi party having the same vote bank as uh, your uh, congress in, they were in a very good position actually with the decisive leadership of amrinder singh right and and, and uh, from a national security standpoint also he did, does bring a different sort of leadership but boy they had to like you rightly said aap ek kuladi ne 
does rahul gandhi really have he's actually i almost feel he's trying to emulate trudeau rather than <laughs> actually so so you 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 know that that point and i think there is a serious lack of see who were his ch- close buddies in 2009 or close to him you had people like it was said milind devra um, you know uh, this um, jyotiraditya sindhya jitin prasad uh, you know sachin pilot all we were told that this was the case right now you have all leaders of uh, congress leaders who are reasonably centrist or to some extent left of center but certainly not left wing like what oh, rahul yeah. gandhi coteries right yeah. now you have sachin pilot virtually rebelling against the congress um, jitin prasad is in bjp jyotiraditya sindhya has probably not only been absorbed uh, taken in the cabinet he has presided over one of the biggest landmark um, transfer the air india as a civil aviation minister which is the sale of air india Uh, and uh, and probably is in line to be uh, play a role in madhya pradesh and milind devra if you actually go through his timeline and if you actually to what he says he calls himself a firm centrist he does not agree what oh oh there are many there are many jairam ramesh there are many still congresses that are there but there is no way the kind of uh, nurturing that has happened to these two children there is no way there is a, a intelligentsia that is centrist in nature was allowed to be close mm. to the policy making it was from the beginning if you remember the kind of uh, advisors that were placed uh, uh, around uh, manmohan singh right mm. it is the mm. same coterie that has continued and they they don't seem to understand that 
India or Bharat that uh, has re-emerged after 2014 has just completely discarded the kind of left intellectualism that you can find some extracts of it today in Narendra Modi. See, this is the, the spectacular thing that Narendra Modi has done. He has snatched all the left-related issues away from the left. So what is left? Yeah, what is no, left? I... There's nothing left. There's nothing <laughs> left. There's there nothing is no left. left. <laughs> So you you can at best try to find issues with the implementation of certain laws. Okay, mm. that there is always going to be a problem. It is not Narendra Modi. You will always go and implement everything, right? You can always say that you can hit the hit hit on the MSP. Uh, the, mm. the, the, remember that suit boot ka sarkar jaib and then immediately BJP had to come in defense of its uh, uh, real mm. estate uh, you know uh, laws that they were trying to amend, right? So there are chinks in the armor as far as implementation is concerned, not the intention part, the implementation part. And that can probably accrue to a certain point. But, but, but there is a difference. No, no, but here is, a certain, not there, guys, no, yeah. here is a certain difference in what see, that Sudhmutka Sarkar time was also Mr. Modi in his first year when all that happened, the land acquisition bill. But the difference is look at the reactions then and look at the reactions to the sale of India, Air India today. Yeah, yeah. Except for the uh, uh, the Communist Party of Irrelevance and its uh, or the CPI and uh, a couple others who have just made some perfunctionary. D. Raja has said he will. I, I was like, I hope he doesn't say me and all our MPs, which means just himself, will go and oppose this, right? And two, yeah. three other maybe. They're like four, five. So except for those, no one has really opposed um, this yeah. uh, vociferously. So uh, I think it, it is it, 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 it is changing. The Indian psyche has changed and this is a shot in the arm. I think Narendra Modi learned a very interesting lesson is that you almost have to work on two fronts in India because you do have a 40% of India that is urban, waiting to be urban. One bracket, 60% oh, of yeah. it is scared of the 40% urban urban uh, 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 sort of aspirations. Will they trample over us? So he, as a prime minister, had to assure the sixty percent, and then assuage the forty percent that I have not abandoned my goal. Also, and that forty percent essentially is where uh, the the success stories lie. The sixty percent still, you know, if you look at the uh, the promise that the farm uh, income will double by twenty twenty two, that has not happened. And you can uh, you can say that it is a uh, you know variety of reasons why the farm income has not doubled, including COVID almost taking away two years of precious time, the economic slowdown, etc., etc., right? But at the same time, all the other subsidies, that's, that is what I'm saying. Narendra Modi's smartness lies in taking away the issues that the left has espoused for a very long time and making it a right-wing issue, which yeah. is uh, going and giving all of these uh, schemes that were essentially continuation of Manrega, the same Manrega that was uh, undoubtedly the one of the most corrupt schemes to keep the people mm. lazy forever has mm. been continued and diverted towards projects which will keep the same rural population gainfully employed, which mm. is a very smart sort of tinkering that has happened, right? So how can you find fault? You no, have to create mass employment. See, now a lot of people in uh, in the central, uh, people Delhi-centric were very surprised at this. I personally wasn't because I've seen firsthand what happens in Gujarat. And people like Surjit Bhalla have always told his core competence was always improving the delivery mechanism. Because if you are in it for the long haul, you can't just carpet bomb every delivery mechanism you have. 
because even if it yeah. 25% of it works when you carpet bomb it and build a new one it takes a long time and you have to win elections also so it's better to fix this and have parallel avenues also that is the luck that narendra modi has brought to the table for 20 years you don't have sensible experienced people who have been able to be alternatively successful mane the same scheme if implemented in a different way who is going to show the is navin patnaik going to show an alternate template no kcr is just 7 years into being a chief minister and has barely gotten a state that is able to experiment on these things right there's few independent minded let's call them independent minded chief ministers who might be able to hold their own so to no, speak nitish kumar yeah states like telangana are a very interesting thing and because in the in telangana because telangana is a fairly large state right 17 lok sabha seats um, fairly large oh, yeah. state but almost the city of hyderabad as an entity had all, for many years had become bigger than the identity of telangana also of course right? and it was and the city of hyderabad occupied the same psyche between telangana and andhra pradesh to some extent what mumbai occupied between gujarat and maharashtra in 1960 now i wasn't around right. at that time to know emotionally or mentally what happened but i'm sure there were a lot of passions on both sides see the, the, there is no no sort of a state government or elected chief minister minus i think nitish kumar who has the numbers uh, uh, in his favor but not the implementation experience of narendra modi 13 years cannot be beat so easily because you then have the ability to make a tectonic shift in a couple of in, uh, areas right like for example when i look at the gujarat uh, electricity the, the problems that the distribution networks had right there is almost uh, 20000 crores worth of debt in their books okay mm-hmm. but after becoming prime minister also he never lost sight of the problems in the gujarat state electricity board and now gujarat has literally turned its uh, you know uh, complete cycle so story around that it's an unbelievable sort of uh, usage of that experience when you become prime minister and not lose track of what that problem was even after 13 years he could not solve it but he never mm-hmm. lost sight of it so who is bringing this political acumen neither mamta is she has never gotten one success story of one sector to tout okay by the time anybody will be able to get that 10 years plus experience and tout an experience probably narendra modi is long gone retired he's probably sunsetting and doing some tapasya somewhere right so he brings incredible like i said some people come with divine luck this man <laughs> has this great uh, uh, sort of and we are we are at that this interesting time as well right when when the around as analysts because we will we will we'll be around and we'll bring you the live analysis of what happens and we yeah. also tend to measure success by only elections and electoral things i think i think we'll have to look beyond it very much so for success and for failures both absolutely and that because we are we are watching everything closely so that that experience gets relayed to the decision makers in the hope that india quickly adapts to that uh, changing situation and uh, you know in our lifetime itself it becomes a very strong and reliable self sufficient nation right that's that's our endeavor as well so absolutely i'm very absolutely. happy i'm very happy yeah and and we'll we'll tell that to the political discussion for a little bit but then i want to move to the uh, big news that happened this week air india so yeah. um, if for people who do not know uh, or who have been living under two three rocks uh, air india, the sale of air india was approved by the government of india uh, 
uh, it was uh, Tata Sons uh, paid 18,000 crores for it, out of which I think 15,300 or something crores uh, was uh, debt that they will take over. And um, on top of it, 27,000 something will be in cash. Uh, right. I, I, I may be a little bit off here and there, but you might want to check in. Government of India will still hold close to 40,000 crores of debt. And, um, and I think... Or Air India and Alliance Air have been sold, but then there is another organization. Um, no, I think Air India, you know, Air India Express and uh, Air India are sold. I don't think uh, their logistics division. Uh, I, I, I no, have to I, check it because so Alliance Air too is stored, but there is this okay. one division. SATS or I forget the phenomenon, but that okay. is fifty percent still owned by the government of India, and I suspect okay. that when the the revenue starts coming in, they'll yeah. you know they'll hold many of this revenue to apply to the debt and stuff like that. And yeah. of course, the complete the the gist of the deal and everything uh, is this, but the details you know will be only made public in a few days. We we'll only know in a few weeks. I don't think there'll be many changes that will be seen in three, four months, but certainly significant changes. But here is where it's significant. And Pramod, I'll let you come in just a second. I want to give a history of Air India. So it was started, of course, as Tata Air by J.R.D. Tata, the father of Mr. Ratan Tata and, you know, phenomenal industrialist. A first flight taken from Karachi to Ahmedabad to Mumbai um, was carrying by mail in the 1950s. Uh, by 1950s, Air India was one of the best airlines in the world. Uh, <clears throat> renamed as Air India, I think in 1940s uh, from Tata Air. But uh, then suddenly with one stroke of the pen, Mr. Great Nehruji decided to nationalize airlines and JRD felt betrayed. He was a good friend of Nehru, didn't tell anything. He has this wonderful interview where he says that when you wanted to talk to Nehru about something like this, and if you were sitting there, the yeah, Nehru would start looking at the window and I, he was J.R.D. Tata was a self-respecting man. He took the message and took it on the chin. And he was a very honorable man. Did not make this big hullabaloo in the public. But the, the short story is it was unfair on him. And then the government of India for many years ran the airline to the ground or did a very poor job of running it. Even though there were points where Air India was phenomenal in uh, uh, rescuing people and so forth and tragedies. Then Mr. Vajpayee comes in and there were a bit few reforms here and there during Rajiv Gandhi's time, Indira Gandhi's time. But then I think Vajpayee's prime ministership was significant because by 2003-04, Indian Airlines was posting regularly a profit and Air India was only posting a loss of 63 crores or something a year. That year, that's what happened. And then comes UPA2 and Shri 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 Praful Patel as the civil aviation minister, which was, and then Vyalar Ravi later, but the reign of Praful Patel was one of the worst reigns ever. Uh, there have been books which are written about it. A uh, few of them have been had to be recalled because of lawsuits and stuff. I'm not going to name them. Uh, but basically, um, many experts have believed the lucrative roads were given up and there were issues with flights being diverted for certain ministers, oh, you yeah. know, and stuff and a lot of slots were given up. Yet Air India had some very good international slots and so forth. And it was concluded finally in 2016-17 that the Air India was just bringing way too much money to fix it from sky up and it had to be privatized. So in comes Tata Sons and now we'll see what will happen. So that's the history I had to give. Promote up to you now. Well, I have in principle always opposed the privatization of Air India uh, to mm. a large extent because of the fear of looking at the debt. Mm. And the numbers were so mind-boggling 
that a only a sovereign fund of a government could take over that debt erase it and rerun it or it could only be an international player because when you're looking at 40 to 45000 crore rupees we're talking no less than 7 billion dollars okay yeah. so, so nobody has that kind of cash but the foreign players so from the beginning i never wanted air india to fall under any foreign player whatsoever because it was a natural asset it was the indian taxpayer that uh, created that asset there were still very uh, good possibilities of a national airlines being turned around there are many such examples where good governments have been able to turn it around but i think the experimentation with divestment philosophically this is where i differ with the narendra modi government on principle the principle is that if the divestment target is 1 lakh crores Mm-hmm. uh and if you want if you have mentally made up your mind that air india luckily now that it they, they have put 40000 crores in a bad bank so to speak you know in a park the debt somewhere else and the 18000 crores is now what air india is being uh, put up to sale for and luckily air india is the consortium that is uh, reclaiming re- reclaiming that uh, asset back mm-hmm. i'm not that disappointed you know because somehow again this is a cat out of the bag there's no method to this madness they just came up and rearranged the numbers and hoping that a privatized airline again they have extremely successful routes the slots are worth its weight in gold nobody can uh, deny that those slots and the airlines they already have 170 yeah, I, 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 right and then there with star star alliance i think the airline yeah. the the crazy Yeah, yeah they already have vistara they were running vistara they were running air asia and they have that airline experience also that at least to certain past parts of south southeast asia they have been flying so there's i am not going to be unhappy with this sale only because it is back in tata's hands okay <laughs> had it had it been auctioned off to some consortium out of dubai or uh, some uh, you know it would it would have been a shame and uh, uh, luckily uh again mr tata has confirmed that he's going to protect the interests of the employees he's going to continue some of their uh benefits and the retirement benefits of all let's let's hope and pray this is going to lead to that uh, achievement of that disinvestment targets as as no, well and the fact the fact is there are three things right and and you are the reason we've disagreed on the air india uh, oh, thing is because three things first of all it was bleeding the indian exchequers dry and second yeah. of all the problem with air india was the some of the properties it held very prime real estate across was it were they being adequately used or not i'm not so sure now yeah. when the governments are always in control of any corporate any organization there are many could the assets have been monetized and of used to offset the losses absolutely were they being done not in the same pace as a private player would do it of course and yeah so that was my second point my second point on this was that about the roots right now air india had some phenomenal roots what have with problem with air india had become was the consistency with which what in the product they were offering so mm. you would have a phenomenal experience with air india i've had brilliant experiences with air india domestic me and too yeah always been two or three flights out of 10 which have not been very good you know yeah. something would be broken something would be this that and that has unfortunately not been the case with middle eastern airlines i'm not saying they don't happen with emirates and so forth but i'm yeah. saying the 
percentage is a lot lesser. So that does happen. That laxity, that lack of performance review does set in with government ownership, which does not serve. Especially when I've traveled this time, I was very, very impressed. Well, I have traveled Kingfisher. I've traveled uh, SpiceJet and uh, Indigo also very recently. And India has shown that it is capable of running good private uh, airlines, full service and low cost as well. With the advent of Akasa Air, the potential revival of Jet Airways again, uh, hopefully in the next uh, three to six months, Jet Airways will be back again. And the operational success of Indigo, uh, it, it shows that we are capable of running a good private enterprise that can literally uh, sustain in spite of not having the long-term access to fuel reserves, right? Like the ones that Middle East have. I, I yeah. always give you, I always give the example Dubai by no stretch I love the city of Dubai but yeah. Dubai by no stretch of imagination geographically is in the center of the world but no. because Emirates is a beautiful airline uh, and the Dubai tourism you know they've made great investment into it and Emirates flies everywhere they have made Dubai as the center because they always stop at Dubai and then go somewhere else. I yeah. cannot, for the love of life, understand why Air India cannot do the same thing with this. Air India has a deal with Star Alliance. So if United, which United, Lufthansa, they are all. So if someone wants to fly to, say, Singapore or Hong Kong or somewhere, you know, oh, yeah. uh, uh, assuming they still allow flights in Hong Kong uh, these days, <laughs> fingers crossed, right? Uh, uh, um, uh, I mean, jokes apart, before someone comes in, like, what did you why can't Air India do the same thing? Why can't Delhi, Mumbai or some other players be central to that? Just running Air India on some of the select Udan routes, which they have to by law. Mm-hmm. And 40 international destinations, they already have access to 80. Mm-hmm. But let's say they only run to 40. Mm-hmm. At half capacity. Okay, mm-hmm. They all have long haul flights that, that can fly 17 hours non-stop New York to Delhi. Okay. Just those 40 and select Udan flights will make Air India profitable in three to five years, whether it was sold to somebody or or not. The reason why they were always flying under capacity was corruption. Hmm. Was this kind of indirect sort of understanding that UPA had, which unfortunately or fortunately, whatever it is the reason, Narendra Modi was not able to bake the back of that bureaucracy that was refusing to make Air India a profitable airlines in spite of access to same same things, the same assets you were pointing to, same long-haul flights, okay? Now, the first reaction, you know where it came from after the sale of Air India to Tata's? Came from the CEO of Emirates, <laughs> who was very nervous that they know that all the slots that they willfully captured, especially to the United States, okay? Yeah. Just the United States. Forget any other market, okay, uh, is is going to be given a tough competition because imagine Air India flight Houston to Mumbai. It will always be full. Always. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Dallas to Hyderabad. Always. Even if they have two flights, okay, mm-hmm. per day, it will always be full. The San Francisco to Bangalore one is always full. Full. No. And, and the simple is, I'll give you, I'll give uh, guys, because a lot of people might not, might think, different. basically it takes you the same time to fly from Houston to Mumbai or Ahmedabad, who yeah. has relatively same time than it takes to fly from Houston oh, to yeah. Dubai, or maybe an hour more, right? But that hour is saving you six hours of time. So why would you fly there? You know, that yeah. 
एंड आई विल टेल यू वॉट दिस विल डू इज आधे इंडियन एयरपोर्ट का तो ड्यूटी फ्री का सेल्स ही बढ़ जाएगा because all right. everybody who buys things whatever things they do at dubai airport will only will start buying from absolutely. indian airport absolutely and 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 then again the it same is, yeah. it is it is a huge cycle so i i absolute like if someone wants to go to raipur you know from yeah. uh, from houston or someone wants to go to jamshedpur why should they not just be able to fly from houston to delhi and delhi to why should they go houston yeah. dubai yeah houston doha doha delhi so these things were not happening and i've actually interviewed on mindmakers if you guys haven't listened to uh, go back i think a couple of years or two two years ago i mean i've interviewed someone very uh, in charge of the uh, international airport in houston making the case for air india to come to houston i know right I and, that, yeah. and, and yes, so so all our uh, listeners, uh, viewers, please do check it out because the cities are ready. So why why wasn't why weren't successive governments ready? So I think this is the right step. This had to happen. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I, I, again, it's such a beautiful feeling that the, the Air India uh, the family is returning back to the original family. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I wish and pray that this the airline, even if it remains lean and mean. for the next 3 uh, to 5 years because they are in going to, they are going to be in revival mode some of those old planes have to be retired new planes have to be purchased and all that but more power to air india i am philosophically opposed to uh, privatization because i am in favor of mass employment which only the government may create hopefully the government may still come up with alternate plans to create mass employment in the aviation sector by holding on to some of these uh, equity and uh, having that indirect sort of control so absolutely yeah absolutely well so that ends wraps up our short podcast this week guys uh, about politics about air india and stuff before we go promote any recommendations for our well talaivi is a good movie uh, they didn't cover the entire aspects of uh, tamil nadu politics but uh, mm-hmm. uh, kangana ranaut has really arrived adit you know mm-hmm. i'm very surprised to know the variation she is bringing the the kind of research she has done with the facial expressions that only a jailalita was capable of both as a politician and as an actress uh, although there can be much more uh, you know information added to the talaivi maybe part 2 who knows uh, because it only shows the first time Tala- uh, Uh, Jailalita became chief minister in 1991. Not after that. This long you, story. If you want, that. if you want to show a black and white history of Jailalita or a, a, a movie very sympathetic to Jailalita, you end it, end it when she becomes the chief minister. I haven't seen the movie, but as a political uh, analyst, that is true. Because then the then the then the real um, uh, uh, fun starts, right? With the the decisions she made, with the whole Sasikala aspect, with the oh, whole. Yeah. nephew's uh, wedding where after which rajnikanth says even god cannot save tamil nadu and you know all sorts of statements oh yeah you know. uh, so then you also have to talk about the thalaiwar not just the oh, thalai yeah. So, oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Whole, so But, i personally admire janalita's journey i think it's a very hard journey that she has undertaken i have a lot of questions about you know the many corruption allegations the record of course the whole sasikala aspect but overall i think she's she's a fighter it is good fought. good yeah and this movie is a good tribute to the best things that jailalita has achieved not the worst <laughs> it's a very good tribute to and, and women like i always said one of i i i i would say between jailalita and karunanidhi if i had to choose my choice usually would always be for with jailalita 
Oh, of course, you are a very nationalist-oriented. Oh, yeah, of course. There is, there is no doubt about it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and she's she's made some and 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 Mr. Modi too was very close to Janeta as when at at a time when every person was making all sorts of nonsensical statements about him, he was always invited to her swearing in, and she was always invited to his swearing in. Look up the videos of two thousand. And she did made yeah yeah she, and he did make a visit at the uh, last yeah. journey as well, and it is a good friendship both of them shared and and again the, such leaders are very hard to come by in the Dravidian heartland having withstood such insults that I mean and and Kangana Ranaut basically embodies that kind of abuse that she actually in real life has also suffered Adit, which is that personal life experience can be calm you know how do you enact such a traumatic uh, uh, this thing yeah. so she did em- embody that a very good movie to watch so how about yours yeah. kya hai? Uh, i'm coming to that so yeah and also Jayalita, look up what jalalita had to say about the ram Bhumi movement in the 90s yeah. those are some very bold and fascinating statements guys research about that. My recommendation is a Korean show I watched on Netflix called Squid Game. It is the new global my phenomenon. Da- my daughter watched it too. So I don't know what they, what is it about? It is about these contestants who are all uh, having a debt and they are all supposed to go in their game and try to win it to win some money. And if you lose at every round, you pay with your life. I'm not revealing much. This is there in the trailer. So you have to watch it. It's, it's a very, it's black, it's black humor. It is, it has a bit of gore, but it's a weirdly gripping show. I could tell the suspense from uh, many episodes away, but it's very gripping. And okay. uh, it's, it's, it's a good it's a good uh, show. I don't watch co- Korean shows normally. Uh, I know there's a huge sort of market about the Korean dramas and I'm sure they must be fantastic. Oh, we are. We are. At my home, we are a big Korea uh, K-pop and yes. know, there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But but um, do 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 watch this show and uh, yeah. do watch another recommendation I have is the spirited debate on India Today conclave between Vikram Sampath and Sashi Tharoor. Especially Vikram Sampath's uh, intervention that I've tweeted about on Indian history is fantastic. Do do watch, and like I always say, Indian history needs to be rescued from Marxist historians. And people like Vikram are doing a phenomenal job of it. Let's hope there there is there are many more of them. With that, um, I would like to end this episode. Thank you, Pramod. As always, fun discussing everything with you. And uh, guys, we'll be back uh, next week with a lot more stuff. Till then, keep writing to us, keep commenting, and tell us what else would you like us to cover in the next Mind Podcast. Till then, it's goodbye from both of us.